Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is the video series, How to Study the Bible, or a more complete title for this series would be How to Study the Bible to Find Truth that You Can Go to Heaven on. Uh, I've changed that title a little bit each lesson, and I'll say it different maybe the next time, but that's the purpose of this. We are studying how to study the Bible. Not just to study the Bible, but to study the Bible and find truth. And so, uh, in this lesson, uh, we want to focus on this thought. How we read, hear, and study God's Word directly affects our salvation. Now, you may not have heard that preached before or taught, but I'm going to give you plenty of verses that will prove how we read, hear, and study God's Word directly affects our salvation. And as I've been talking in every one of these lessons, you cannot study the Bible intellectually and please God. It has to be supernatural. There's no other book like it that you can sit down with the author and the author will explain to you what he says, what he's meaning in his timing on each one of these points as he chooses as you study the Bible. And you can count on that. You can count on it. It is impossible, it is impossible to separate our knowledge and understanding of the Word of God from our salvation. Why? Because I can't separate my knowledge of God from my knowledge of the Word of God. There is no other way for me to really get to know God except through His Word. Yes, I can fellowship with Him through His Spirit. But even fellowshipping with him through his spirit is governed by the word. Because I can't rely on anything I hear when I think I'm fellowshipping with God if it's not in harmony with the word. But if I don't know what the word says, I don't know whether it's in harmony or not. So therefore, how I hear the word, how I read the word, how I study the word, directly affects my salvation. Let's look at some scriptures that says this. Mark chapter 4, verse 23. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. It's not talking about intellectual hearing. It's not talking about physically hearing sound. It's talking about my ability to hear with spiritual ears, spiritual understanding, spiritual wisdom. That's what it's talking about. Uh, Luke chapter 8 verse 17 says, "For For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Uh, How did that go again? Let me see. There's nothing secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Mark 14 says, verse 24, take heed what ye hear. But in Luke 8, verse 18, that says, take heed how ye hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. This is a direct 
reference to what appears to be people's knowledge of the Word of God. When I let, when I let God supernaturally, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It's also said in another place, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. So what hearing am I doing? <coughs> I am hearing what the Spirit is saying to me, what the Spirit is saying to the church. I've got to hear that. Now, what, what does that have to do with reading? Because when I'm reading, I, I'm supposed to be hearing what the Word is saying to me. I don't know about you, and maybe I'm weird, but when I'm reading, I hear the words I'm reading in my mind. I hear them when I'm reading. When I'm reading to myself, not out loud, I hear the words in my mind. And so he says in Mark 4, take heed what you hear. And then in, in Luke 8, he says, take heed how you hear. Well, how is that I'm supposed to hear? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. A lot of people can hear physical sounds. They can't hear God. They can't hear the voice of God. Why? Because my ability to hear God is directly connected to my, my the, the condition of my heart, the faith in my heart, the submission of my heart to God's authority and God's authority, God, God's word, how I hear. My ability to hear spiritually is dependent upon my desire to hear truth. The degree of my desire to hear truth, no matter what it says to me, no matter what changes it will make in my life, yes, I want that. It, it determines my ability to hear truth. My desire to hear truth determines my ability to hear truth. If I only want to hear that which confirms what I'm doing, if I only want to hear that which confirms what I already think, if I only want to hear that that lets me continue to do what I'm doing, I have no ability to hear truth. I don't have the ability. I've hardened my heart. I've uh, I've put, put my fingers in my ears. I've closed my eyes. I've hardened my heart. And so I can't hear. I can't receive truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 says, For we, we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master building, I have laid, builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth their own. But let every man take heed how he buildeth their own. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Well, this isn't talking about a physical building. This is talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and my place in it. And the foundation of my place in the church is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, the Logos made flesh. It's Jesus Christ. It didn't even say the Lord Jesus Christ. It said the Jesus Christ, which is a direct reference to the Logos made flesh. He is the foundation. And if that, if, if, if He as the Word made flesh, it's not the foundation in my life. Everything i built on it is built on a wrong foundation. And it doesn't matter how good everything else looks. If it's built on the wrong foundation, it's going to collapse. It's going to come down. And so as a wise master builder, I need to make sure 
the, the, the knowledge, the line upon line, the precept upon precept, the here a little, there a little, that I am, that, 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 uh, of the knowledge of God, the understanding of God, the wisdom of God that's being built in my life is all built on the foundation. And that He is the builder that's building this in me as I submit to Him. Paul, 1st Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of, of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things and give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Oh, my Lord, have mercy upon us. How awesome is that? How sobering is that? How clear is that? How distinct is that? And yet some, that would just be auditory sound, come in their ear and go out the other ear, so to speak, and it wouldn't register at all. Did these verses register with you? Did they, did they find a lodging place in your mind and in your heart, in your spirit? Did they? Paul is giving Timothy specific instruction what his fellowship with the word should be and how it should be. Till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Give attendance to me. Give the attention of your, of your, of your being. Give attention to. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by, by prophecy, the land on hands. In other words, I'm not just giving attendance to these things, but by the Spirit of God, which is put in me, and by the, by the, the Spirit's, uh, the, by the faith and the, and the grace of God and the mercy of the God and all of that that's put in me. I, 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 I'm giving, I'm focusing on these things. And then he said, meditate upon these things. That means you, you, you th- think about them. It's, excuse the illustration of the cow with a could. Cow goes in the field and eats the grass and it goes down in some holding area and I forget the name of it. And then later to chew it, they, they bring it back up and they just chew and you see them chewing. They haven't been eating anything. They just chew it. It's called chewing the could. That's what I think of it when it comes to meditation. I've taken all this stuff in, but then the Lord brings it back up and in my mind, he chews on it with me and I, and I with him and I listen and, 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 and let him talk and listen and let him talk and, 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 and think about what he's saying and, 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 and by the grace of God receive that. Because he said, if you do that, you're profiting. The prophet of the word of God in your life is going to appear to all men. And so he says this, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Take heed to what you're hearing and take heed to how you're hearing. Be mindful of that. Be mindful of the word and, and the word that's been taught you and continue in them. Don't just say, well, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. No, no. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and then that hear, them that hear thee. So let's, let's take the corollary of that. Does that mean if I'm not doing these things, I'm going to end up lost? Are you saying this is necessary for salvation? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Paul is. I didn't say it. I'm just reading Paul. 
he said these things would enable, he said these things to Timothy because they would enable Timothy to be saved. But not just Timothy, but it would enable Timothy to speak what God has put in his spirit by the spirit and others would save, be saved because of he heard, he took heed on what he heard, he took heed how he heard, and he meditated on it, he spent time in it, he loved it, he fellowship with the word, the truth of the word, and it not only saved himself, but it saved others through him. <sighs> Let's go to Peter now, Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, I've, I've uh, covered these later. Uh, I've read these verses to you in a previous lesson. I'm going to read them again here. We have also a more sure, this is Second Peter chapter 1, 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place under the day dawn. Until the day dawn, the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. By According to that verse, not by their will, but God's will. If the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, what's the opposite of that? It came by the will of God. And it came by men of God who submitted, surrendered and submitted themselves to the will of God to be conduits for the word of God to be spoken through them. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Let us therefore... Uh, let us labor, therefore, to enter into, into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick. This is King James language. It means it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Wow. Wow. We are to labor to enter into his rest. That sounds contradictory, doesn't it? No. Our focus, our desire, our strive is, uh, our, our, the striving of our efforts should be to enter into the place where we can do nothing, that God does everything through us. That's the goal. Because the word of God is quick, it's alive, and it quickens, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It it pierces, swords can divide flesh and divide muscle and bone, but swords can't divide soul and spirits, and the joint and the marrow. It can't do that. It can't do that. Such a depth of discernment, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what God has done here. That's what God is doing. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of whom we have to do. The literal translation of Hebrews 4.12 reads this way, literal translation of the Holy Bible version, is for the word of God is living and powerful, working and powerfully working, let me restart over again. For the word of God is living and powerfully working. It's sharper than every two-edged sword. 
and piercing as far as the division of both soul and spirit of joint Samara and able to judge and able to judge of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Amplified uh, Bible, the classic edition says, For the word of God that speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow, of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. You just found out why right there, why it is, why it is that so many people don't want to hear the word. You just, that's it right there. Because I can't fellowship with the word without the word talking to me about me. I can't do it. I can't read the word. I can't hear the word being ministered. I can't meditate on the word. I can't talk to God without him talking to me. And the spirit and the word of God talk to me about me. And I don't want to do anything to dampen that experience, to diminish that experience. To That's how you get deceived. That's how a person gets de- deceived. I don't want to hear truth. Truth about what? Truth about me. <laughs> what the truth of God says about me. I, I don't want to, I don't want, if I don't want to hear that, I don't love the truth, even when it stings, even when it hurts, even when it's correcting, reproving, rebuking, exhorting, instructing. I don't want that. Then I open myself up for deception. But as long as I love truth and I want to hear truth, I want to know truth. I want to know truth about me from God. I want to see how God sees me. I want to know how God sees me. I want to see, I want to know how God sees how I think. I want to see how God sees how I, 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 I speak, what my motives are. I want to know all of that. I want to know that. Do you? You want to know that? It's the reason why a lot of people don't seriously study the Bible. Well, I read, I read a chapter a day. Oh, bully for you. Isn't that just wonderful? You read a chapter a day. Yes, sir. And you're reading through the Bible. Yes. Oh, that's so wonderful. You're being sarcastic, brother. Right. Really? That's sarcasm. You picked up on it. Yeah. I can feel so good about my religion by reading the Bible every day or reading through the Bible every year. But what if I'm just reading it to read it, to get it done so that I can read the Bible through today? What if I'm not reading at his pace? What if today I'm supposed to read six chapters instead of one? But I don't have time for that because I didn't budget time for more than that. What if today I'm only supposed to read one verse because that one verse is going to talk to me and I begin to study that verse and how it fits in the, in the Bible and the other verses, and I don't even get to the rest of that chapter today. What about that? If the only thing you're doing is reading the Bible, not studying, and studying and reading is two different things. If the only thing you're doing is reading the Bible, and you're not studying the Bible, and you're not letting God explain stuff to you, and you're not searching it out, then you have to ask yourself this question. Is a reason because I don't want the word talking to me about me? 
because I don't want to see truth in the light of me. Is that the is it possible that that's the reason why you're not reading more than a chapter a day? Why you don't have time and your busy schedule on social media and keeping up with your TV uh, seasons of your favorite programs? You don't have time to do that. You don't have time to do that, or you're too involved in video games. You only I'm going I'm going I, I'm going to prove I'm disciplined. I'm going to read a chapter a day. Really, really, you got to ask yourself why that is. You don't love the word. That's first. You're being unkind, brother. Right? No, I'm not telling you the truth. Paul said, "If I be, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth?" See, it's possible to tell, tell people the truth they hate you for. But it's still truth. Just because you don't like it doesn't make it a lie. Just because you don't like it doesn't make it wrong. Just because you deny it doesn't mean God says it's not true. He does say it's true. It's true. Yes, yes. You have to really love God to want to be corrected by God. You have to love God to want to be corrected. You have to love God to want to be corrected by God. You have to love God to want to be corrected by God. You have to love the word to want to hear the truth of the word. I pray today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that God would give you such a love for God that you love him more than you love yourself. You love his word more than you love his, your, yourself. That you love his word and his will more than you love your ways. And that you're willing to hear what he has to say to you. That you're willing to hear that. That you're willing to hear that. I pray that he would give you the grace to love the truth, even when that truth is speaking to you about you. In the name of Jesus, amen.